We've all heard the expression, swim 2.4 miles, bike 112 miles, run 26.2 miles, and brag the rest of your life. What you don't hear is that your friends, your family, and especially your coworkers grow tired of hearing about your early morning swim, how you skipped lunch to get a spin class in, how you crushed your brick workout, or how you've become a math whiz at calculating your macros. My name is Mike Bosch. I have a wife, two sons, and a full-time job. Five years ago, I began my triathlon journey with modest intentions. I wanted to lose some weight and be able to claim that my best athletic days weren't behind me. After completing my first sprint triathlon, I was bit by the Ironman bug. Three years later and 50 pounds lighter, I completed Ironman Texas, and I couldn't have done it without an incredible support system. Everyone needs a support system, and that's what I'm offering you. I will talk to men and women just like you and me, the age group athlete that is juggling family, friends, work, and all that life has to offer on their journey to accomplishing an incredible goal. This podcast will offer recommendations on training, nutrition, some tips and tricks, and even strategies for race day. Whether you're training for your first race, looking to set a personal best, or have completed a full distance race on every continent, we all want to cross the finish line and hear those words, you are an Ironman. Wherever you are on your journey, this podcast is for you. So if you're ready... Let's talk to this episode's Everyday Iron Man. Welcome to the Everyday Iron Man podcast, where we talk to real athletes just like you and me that are working to complete an incredible goal. My name is Mike Bosch, and I'm excited to have with me today recent finisher of Iron Man 70.3 in Atlantic City, Angie Jackson. Angie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Well, I'm excited to have you. Obviously, um, I can remember what it was like when I started my journey. Not to say that you're just into your journey, but I, I know that you're just coming off you know, a, a recent milestone in your journey of completed Ironman 70.3. Uh, and I do want to talk about that, but I was really hoping before we get into that, that for at least the listeners who haven't been following you on social media, um, that you could give a little bit of a level set Um, explanation of who you are. And what I mean by that is um, where you live, um, are you married, do you have kids, and most importantly, were you athletic in school? Just to kind of baseline uh, where we are, that kind of thing. Okay, so I'm a 50-year-old grandma. I call myself Mimi. The reason why I say I call myself is because my grandson, he's three, he he can say Mimi, but the two-month-old can't. Um, I'm not married. I'm divorced, but I am in a very happy, committed relationship. Uh, my boyfriend cooks for me. And as a triathlete, you know nice. that food is important. Nice. <laughs> so I'm not letting him go anywhere. But I live in Hope Mills, North Carolina. Um, that's a town that's very close to Fort Bragg, North Carolina. It's uh, close to a military town. And the weather is absolutely beautiful here. Um, I moved here. I'm originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So a lot of the things that I post might have me wearing my Eagles gear or something like that. But 
the mild temperatures. And believe it or not, um, before I even started triathlon training or even knowing about training at all, this is a beautiful and perfect city and town for year-round training. As far as being athletic in high school, college, anywhere, I was not athletic at all. Never did anything. Um, genetics, I'm, I was always thin in stature and in nature, but that was just genetics. But we all know that size does not denote whether you're healthy or not. So I wasn't heart healthy. And um, about three years ago, well, three and a half years ago, uh, which is my why, when I found out my daughter was pregnant with my first grandchild, I wanted to be heart healthy. And I started walking, which turned into running. And then um, my brother-in-law, who was an Ironman, said, hey, you kind of pick it up running. This is what I did at 47. Uh, why don't you learn how to swim <laughs> and start triathlons? And I was like, okay. <laughs> so at 48, <laughs> I went to the Y, the adult that didn't want her face wet and uh learned how to swim and so here we are wow so 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 i'm just going to kind of recap really quick uh, because <laughs> i have i've had the opportunity to talk to several several athletes up to this point and and i think it's a mixed bag but a lot of us didn't have a a real strong athletic background so to speak right and so you found yourself in a situation where um, you wanted to make some positive changes for the better, obviously, right? Yes. Um, you're, you're anticipating your first grandson. You wanted to get a little healthy. So you started walking. Then that turned into running. Well, it turned into running because I was pushing him in a jogging stroller. I never went to a gym. And even now, only reason why I go to a gym is for um, swimming. So I started pushing him in the jogging stroller and one day I was pushing him and I didn't have him. And I was like, I can, I can kind of go without him. And literally that's how it kind of turned into running. Um, but it wasn't like I was fast or anything, <laughs> but I just enjoyed. No, running. none of us. I mean, most, most of us aren't that fast, right? <laughs> I mean, I went from pushing a jogging stroller of a grandchild to running. Um, so you said your brother-in-law was was an Iron Man, and he he started encouraging you. Is that correct? Yes, yes. I had no idea what triathlon was or any of that. I don't like getting my face wet in the shower. Still, kind of don't. To be honest with you. So triathlon <laughs> for me doing a triathlon is still kind of crazy that I'm actually doing this. Yeah, you you definitely have to make peace with uh, getting your face wet uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna do the Ironman race for sure, and that's definitely something that we all uh, ha have to go through to some degree. But when was it? When was it from the time that you were first introduced to the concept of hey, I'm gonna do some triathlons to you seem like at least at least over the past couple months um, that I've paid attention to your posts are. I'm going to be an Ironman. Like I, it's, it's, you're focused, committed, like what, what, how, or how long did it take you to shift from your mindset of tri triathlon to Ironman? So I, I will say the, even though it's, it was my brother-in-law that is an Ironman, what, what or who originally even got me into triathlons is, um, with me running and, um, or walking fast, however you might uh, uh, tell it. I'm a member of Black Girls Run. And, and it's a chapter here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, Black Girls Run. 
And one of the members in Black Girls Run said, I'm going to be doing this triathlon, but it's for women. And it was a 250 meter. So it was a super sprint. And so um, although it's Black Girls Run, we encourage each other in all aspects. So it was a couple of us that said, Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll do this, uh, with you because the, with it being in the pool, we know that if we can't swim, we can at least walk the 250 yards, right? <laughs> I'm not kidding. So, <laughs> I'm not kidding at all. So, um, that's what, uh, happened. I, I was with, uh, some of my, um, my soul sisters. I call them my soul sisters, S-O-L-E sisters. And we went to the Y together um, to take swim lessons, adult swim lessons. And we held each other's hand and and just did the swim lessons. And so for my very first triathlon, I had her, um, I, w- uh, I borrowed a bike from one of the girls from Black Girls Run. And it was a mountain bike that weighs more than me. <laughs> And once I, once I finished it, it was such a sense of accomplishment. Um, even though I couldn't, I, I did, um, uh, use the ropes as like, uh, pulling across, <laughs> pulling across because I still couldn't swim during the triathlon. But because it's so much for women and encouraging, I probably would have been DQ'd anywhere else, but they're like, Yes, you can do it. You can do it. And so when I couldn't stand, I could pull myself across the the water. But it was such a sense of accomplishment that I said, I'm going to come back next year to this race, but know how to swim when I come back next year. But the next year just so happened to be COVID. Oh. And so after, because I was so bent on making sure that I was prepared for this race, it just made me look a little bit further. Like, hey, I, I want to get a bike and not just show up for this race, but like kill this race. So, but the bike I got, I didn't even know about how good it was. And, um, my brother-in-law was like, Ange, that's a hoity-toity bike. You need to start training for something more. And so that's, so <laughs> I'm telling you, I get, I get roped into these things. That is funny. And I hope you don't misunderstand. I am not laughing at you for sure. I'm laughing with you when you're telling the story about drag of pulling yourself across. If I had thought to do that in my first race, I probably would have been better off. I didn't even have the presence of mind to do that. And I, and I I've, I've told this story before. I'm My wife took a little bit of video of me in that uh-huh. very first race. I'm still not convinced why someone didn't try to save me from drowning in the swimming pool. I mean, I literally look like just a flailing mess of a person, just all, just arms and, and gasping for air, you know, and it's, and and I was going to ask, so when you, when you took this adult swim lessons Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think we've all learned to some degree, there's a difference between swimming in your pool with your kids and, uh, Mm -hmm. and then swimming for distance were they actually teaching you uh freestyle or front crawl or were they just kind of teaching you not to drown type swimming like how, how did that swimming how did those swimming lessons go so um i had to take two rounds of swim lessons because i literally i went from ah, getting my face 
wet in the shower to trying to get in a pool, right? So, uh, yeah, I, ha- I had to be remedial. I was very remedial <laughs> with my swim lessons. <laughs> How can you fail adult swim lessons? Ask Ange. Yeah, she'll tell you. So, so um, it... <laughs> It was it. They teach you all of the different strokes, but to to complete the swim lesson, and I took it with the Y, with my local Y. Um, you have to be able to float for like five seconds, and um, at the end you jump in the water and you can like front crawl for, I guess, two or three strokes, just long enough, uh, just far enough, so that the lifeguard little. Uh, thing that they have can can save you but um yeah one set of lessons was not good enough for me and it was two months it was every week for um for two months so the first set didn't take (laughs) first set of lessons didn't take (laughs) so so I went back for the second set of lessons and they took a little bit better I was able to swim so funny to say this now but I was able to swim um half a length of the pool um, and after those were over, it was about now having to get, uh, private lessons because when you go to those adult lessons, it's not like children where it's like level one child, level two child. So as the child gets better, the things differ for adult swim lessons. They teach mm-hmm. you the same thing, you know, each time, like for, even though I went for remedial for the second session, it wasn't like. It compounded on what I already knew. It was like going back to first thing is blowing bubbles in the water. So at that point, it was basically me trying to um, just be in the pool because um, people know with swimming, yes, you do have to have the right form and everything, but you kind of get better at swimming by just getting in the water. So that was my thing was to just... um, get in the water. So my first lesson started in January or February. And I remember that they went until May. And then my, my, um, my triath, my triathlon was in September. So I had, you know, those months Mm -hmm. till September to figure out how I was going to swim 10 laps (laughs) when the only thing I could do was a half a lap. So, wow. But I didn't swim it. I didn't swim it. I walked it and pulled myself across. Gotcha. So, so let's, let's fast forward to, to current time or, you know, current days. You've, you've just, or you've recently, uh, last month, right. You finished, um, Ironman 70.3 in Atlantic city. Yes, I What's your comfort level of, of your swim now? My comfort level is very poor. I don't mind being in the water now, but I uh, got used to not kicking much because once I realized, so um, I know that we're trying to go forward, but because of the coronavirus, remember all of the pools and everything were closed for, you know, basically like a whole year. So although I took those swim lessons in 2019, it was very late 2020 when I was able to try to get in a pool again. And I don't know if people who are swimmers from high school and stuff like that, how they can just go in and get, but it was, it was worse than starting from scratch with me. So once I got my triathlon coach and I had intense sessions with him, 
it was basically like, you know, try to get all of these things together uh, to swim. But once it got warm enough for me to open water swim, I put on my wetsuit where my first wetsuit was Wet Willie and then Wilma. And, you know, if you have a wetsuit on, you don't have to kick. You just pull and breathe. So that's why my comfort level, <laughs> I'm serious, you don't. So um, that's why my comfort level with swimming is not really that good because I don't kick. And so now that's why my coach has me in the pool. I'm going to be a prune because it's like get in the pool, get these um, drills and things together so that I can be comfortable um, in the water. But right now I'm not comfortable because uh, what are those pants? Without lava pants or a pool buoy, I don't feel like I can um, swim. And so I still have that gotcha. crutch even to this day. Yeah. Yeah. But at least, I mean, you're. it sounds like you're making significant forward progress because mm-hmm. obviously the the half Ironman's a 1.2 mile swim so you, and, the, <laughs> yeah. and there's no there's no lane ropes that you could nope. have pulled yourself uh along the along the course with um so well you, there so was some making, parts uh, in that Atlantic uh, City Pacific uh an Atlantic Ocean that was so thick with muck and stuff that people were walking on water like Jesus so I could have probably walked some of it <laughs> Um, no, well, I was going to, I was just about to, I was just about to ask and you answered it, but, but I would have, I was going to make the assumption that your race was actually in the ocean. Mm-hmm. So not only did you go open water, but you went open water. Well, it was in brackish. It was brackish because it was the, like the bay of it. They closed, they closed the, mm-hmm. um, close it down just for that race. So it was brackish water. So it wasn't like the Atlantic City where Jaws is right there. But it's like, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's brackish water, but it's still, yeah, but it's not a river or, or anything like that. It was pretty intense. Gotcha. I, um, <clears throat> I, I recently learned, and when I say recently, like this past weekend, that, um, 1.2 miles is 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 something to be respected. I I've I've said on the podcast before. I'm training for. I'm, I I took some time off. I did Ironman Texas in 2018. I took some time off. I'm getting back into it. So I'm gonna I start with the half. I'm training for Waco, which is in three weeks. Mm-hmm. And the city of Waco actually hosted a swim only event this past weekend, which is oh, genius. Okay. They opened up yes. the the Ironman course. Both, both the full, both, both the full distance and the half distance course to be swam. So I signed up for it. It was like a one forty five start. I lived two hours away. I got up and ran eleven or uh, eight miles that morning. That's right. Got up, ran eight miles at an eight eleven, eight minute eleven second per mile pace. Okay. Drove two hours. Uh, it was, it was wetsuit. No, no, no. It was wetsuit optional, so I didn't wear my wetsuit. I'm five minutes into the water. I thought I was going to quit. I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've done in the longest time. I haven't swam. I haven't swam in open water in, since 2018. Oh. I haven't swam a, a mile since 2018. And I, and I ran. I was just all those negative thoughts were going through my head. And it's been said before, right? The, 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 the distance between your two ears. I think Jim Restu said it. That's, that's mm-hmm. the toughest distance, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I literally had to roll over on my back. Not to catch my breath, but just to get my head space right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nope. You can do this. Just, just 
just keep chipping away at it, just chip, chip, chip. And then it turns out my goggles fogged over. I couldn't see anything, but definitely um, a, something to be a, to be proud of because 1.2 miles, that's uh, that's no joke, right? Mm-hmm. That's not that's not nothing to, to, to disrespect. Thank you. Oh, but I wanted to say something about you. We we're talking about the, um, can I talk about the, this book, Swimmy Q, that helped me also with my swimmer? No. Yeah. So I go to Wilmington, North Carolina. As a matter of fact, this chick right here is the swim leg for the swim for a relay team for the half uh, for North Carolina. Um, so in a couple of weeks, I'm the swim leg. Really? Yeah. Um, so um, with me being so close to Wilmington, there's a um, triathlon club, club, Cape Fear Triathlon Club, and they host swims mm-hmm. um, for the... Um, you know, where the Ironman is and and all of that. So I actually do swim in the ocean. So uh, one day I was out there and I totally freaked. Like I could not, when I say I could not get it together, I could not. So I'm using my swim buoy as a pillow at this point, like just at the bay, like, you know, because I'm not going out there. I'm not, it's over for me. And one of the incredible triathletes um, asked for my address, and she sent me this book. Her name is Cheryl. She sent me this book called Swim EQ, um, Swim with the letters EQ. And it's talking about having Uh emotional intelligence with swimming. And that book, not only it, it saved my life, and it also was one of the reasons why I was able to um, complete the swim portion for um, my half Ironman. It talks about knowing wow. your stressors, um, red flags, yellow flags, green flags. And mm. I, I'm i not a proponent of a whole bunch of things because a lot of people just say stuff. In, but but um, it's a very easy read. And the, this is this is the ironic thing. The reason why I had to change, because she, she mailed it to me. And the reason why I was actually had the chance to read it is because I went for a swim. My swim buoy wasn't secured. My phone got, <laughs> my phone got wet. It got destroyed. So here I'm waiting in a phone um, place for two hours, waiting for them to fix my phone and everything. And in that two hours time, I sat and read that swim EQ book and it literally saved my swim and it saved, it saved me. And, um, I really just can't say enough uh, about that book and how it allows you to realize when you're about to panic and be in like the red zone. So it tells you and it shows you how to get back to green. So I always talk about, uh, swimming with green. Now, am I comfortable in the water? No, because well, I'm comfortable in the water because I, I know my limitations. I know I'm not taking this off right now because I'm going to drown, but I'm not, I'm not afraid to be in the water. I don't know if that makes any sense, but swim EQ. No, it does. It does. And I'm going to, I'm going to write, I'm going to check that book out because I think that's, I mean, I don't want to characterize everybody, but it seems like most of us, the swim is the, is the one of the three disciplines that gives us the most trouble. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we're just not naturally designed to swim. And mm-hmm. it's funny because I, I mean, I, I, I swim 2.4 miles when I did Ironman. Right. I, I know that I'm physically capable. I, I got through the 1.2 Sunday, but I told my wife this morning, I said, I need to start. I, I got to start swimming 
a longer distance. I've been studying, I've been working on my speed. So I've been doing intervals and short distance. And she, and she looked at me with like this look of panic and she's like, do you, do you think you're not ready? I'm like, no, no, Diana. I, I know that I'm physically capable of doing it. It's mentally mm-hmm. right that I got to, I have to work on it. Right. I have mm-hmm. to prove to myself that I can mm-hmm. go out there and I can swim for 45 or 50 minutes nonstop without mm-hmm. a without problem. I can run for two hours or mm-hmm. whatever. I know that I'm physically capable. It's that mm-hmm. mental aspect of it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I do believe in, paying attention to those stressors and making sure that your mind, your mind is in the right space Mm -hmm. and recognizing things ahead of time and self-correcting before Mm -hmm. you get to that dark, dark spot. So I I appreciate you bringing that up. I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. That's exactly what that book does. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, uh, I saw a post the other day, um, that you are target, you're targeting, Mm-hmm. Ironman Maryland. Yes, I next am. year as your full distance race. Is that correct? <laughs> want to be a crabby? That's my new moniker. It's not. I'm gonna be an army yet. It's want to be a crabby. <laughs> so, well, I was gonna ask because I, I, and again, I thought you lived in Philadelphia because of all mm-hmm. the Eagles gear that you have in mm-hmm. your pictures. So that makes mm-hmm. sense. What what drew you to the the Maryland race of the of the races that are in your geographic part of the country? Was it the was it the venue? Was it the time of year? Was it the course itself? Like what what drew you to the Maryland race? One word: family. Family. My parents. Mm. Um, I'm from I'm from Philly, so I wanted my first race, just like my very first race that I ever did, which was a a Philadelphia half marathon. I always want to be able to be there for my family so that my family can support me. Uh, It's not easy at all what we do. So our families do know. And for me to be somewhere where my father, first of all, I am blessed beyond measure to have both my parents living healthy and well, but they are 75. And so I want to be at a place that they can get to very easily. That's why I chose Atlantic City, um, where they can get to easily and be able to cheer on their baby girl. I tell you, it, uh, one thing, if you ever want to see something emotional that will tear you down, um, uh, the live video of me after the finish line for my 70.3, how my father cried and told me how proud he was of me and thanked me for allowing him to see that. There is nothing in the world than for me to want to hear. It's not Mike Riley, but you know, the dude <laughs> say, Angie yeah. Jackson, you yeah. are an Iron Man and my father and mother to be right there. Like, plus my mom's a praying woman. Her and Jesus are good. And so it's not going to be any jellyfish next year. So anybody who's listening, no jellies <laughs> next year. Cause Lizzie Jackson is praying on that right now. Lizzie Jackson, no jellies. That is awesome. So I, I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there that are happy to hear that for sure, for sure. That's a that's a great uh, that's a great reason why to pick that race. Um, absolutely, for your parents to be able to be there to see you cross that finish line, that is going to be such an emo- an emotional uh, thing, and that is that is awesome. So. When is what part? What time of year? In the isn't the race towards the end of the summer because they just had it this year. I think it's, it's September seventeenth, twenty twenty two. Perfect, mm-hmm. perfect. So you got a full year. Mm-hmm. You got a full year. Well, I'm going to be doing the Eagle Man, um, which is the seventy point three of Maryland. So um, that's in June. It's June twelfth, 
And so I'm doing that so that I can get up there and, you know, be on the course for a little bit and um, be in that water to get myself, you know, um, ready yeah. for in a couple of months. But so, my coach is like, I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even training you for that. That's like just another training day, that 70.3. So we're not even looking at that, like me racing it. That's wow. just like another, another day. Yeah. That's just another day at the office, huh? Mm-hmm. 70.3. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. So how, how far does your family live? So, um, from Merlin, they live probably two hours. From Merlin, probably about two hours. Oh, that's not bad. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's Mm-mm. not bad at all. Okay, cool. So, um, shortly after finishing your own uh, first big milestone, you went to Augusta as a volunteer. I sure did. Can you can you talk about um, what that experience was like? I will. First of all, okay, I want to clarify because I, I've said that uh, I went to Augusta because my girlfriend, Christy, um, asked me to be her Sherpa. And she put on the thing, wait, Angie, I didn't ask. You volunteered. And I said, yes. So <laughs> my girlfriend, Christy, um, she is a fellow triathlete. I am here with, I need to give them a shout out to my my club, my local club, Fayetteville Area Tribe Warriors. When I tell you phenomenal group. That's one reason why I'm even doing any of this, because these crazy people here, they are outside in all weather, all weather, no matter how many miles I think my coach is crazy for putting on for me. They're like, OK, we'll do that with you. Like they don't get they don't give you a chance to fail because they're right there with you. But anyway, Christy was one of the first people when I went open water swimming and was terrified, like terrified, mm. wouldn't even. I didn't even want to get my chest wet and she prayed with me and she's her voice is so calm and oh my god she is just a godsend so she hadn't been racing in years and she was like well you know I've been training with you a lot (laughs) you know what maybe I'll do a 70.3 and I was like do it do it you know dragging people into my craziness as well and um she (laughs) said she would do Augusta yeah and so I said, if you do Augusta, please let me be the sheriff. Yeah, that was how it went. Yeah, I asked her. And um, so anyway, the reason why I um, I went as a volunteer is because my brother-in-law, who was the Ironman, he volunteered at Atlantic City. And with, with me seeing him as the volunteer, he was able to be everywhere, everywhere. Like that orange shirt is power. That orange shirt is power. So I said, Christy, yes, I will be your, yes. I said, Christy, I will be your Sherpa, but what I'm going to do is volunteer because that way I'll be in transition with you. I'll be at the water. I will be everywhere. And she said, okay. So genius. That it, yet. So that is how it went. That is how it went. And, um, do you want me to tell you about the volunteering? Can I tell you about it? Because nobody probably really yeah, heard about this. Yeah. So I'm going to start off from the behind the scenes. Do y'all want to know some behind the scenes with Iron Man or no? Always. <laughs> so the beginning of the the day, I had signed up for transition, which I had to be there at 4 a.m. No biggie. You know, we up early anyway. Not we as in me and Christy. I'm talking about triathlete. So, you know, so I went for transition. Yep. 
And after transition closed, um, I was going down to the water to be at the water's edge. <laughs> now, listen, I didn't know that um, I wasn't really supposed to be in the water. But I had told everybody that I was going to be yanking them out the water and throwing them on the bike. So I'm a woman of my word. So I go down towards the swim and I realize that the swim arch, the swim finish arch is not up. So I'm saying to the people that are around, why isn't this arch up? And they're like, oh my goodness, yeah, we need to put this up. So then they try to put it up. The generator is not working. They have to run and get another generator. This generator doesn't work. I looked at the time. I saw that the pros, I knew that the pro men had already entered the water. And it was going to be maybe five minutes oh, wow. before the men were going to be coming in to swim finish. So I start yelling and cussing. I ain't cussing on your podcast, but I was yelling and cussing at those people to get that thing up, to get the arch up because they needed to be able to sight, to see, you know, you can't. So yeah. it, anyway, it, it did not work like the generator and stuff didn't work. So here it's me. This other young girl and two other people from Iron Man, we take the swim arch, which that thing is that heavy rubber stuff, and we just move it to the side, mm -hmm. like because it's not an arch, it's just plain plastic that's on the, you know, on the ground. So we have to just move it to the side. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, oh my God, they are going to be looking for some, they want to be looking for the swim finish, but they're not going to see it. So that's why I was like, I got this yellow shirt on and I'm loud as hell. I'm going to scream. I'm going to wave my arms. I'm going to act like that, um, that thing with the breeze when you know how the hands go side to side. I said, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there sighting buoy. So that's what I did for wow. the very beginning. And so, you know, once the men came in, and it was so emotional for me because they literally were swimming up to my legs, to my chest. Like I, they were using me as the siding buoy. I know, I know it. And then, you know, once one person comes in, then, you know, it's all, it's like follow the, the wave of people, but they still yeah. needed to hear my voice and to know like which way to go and stuff like that. So I, that's what I did the entire time until the very last person got out of the water. And then. Um, once the last person got out of the water, I went to the bike <laughs> and uh, I went to the bike finish. I was able to see uh, Sika Henry get out the water screaming crazy. That's our, the first black uh, professional uh, triathlete had a fangirl moment with her. Um, oh, okay. yeah, saw yeah. her. Yeah. So I saw her get out the water. I saw um, her get um, off her bike and on the run. I actually have video of that. And this was her first pro race so that was also pretty cool but so wow. with me volunteering I was able to be everywhere so for Christy I was able Christy and a couple of my other friends I was not only able to see them get out the water but I was able to see them on the bike course when they finished I was able to see them on the run and you know chair them on the run and then I was actually able to put their medals on their neck and then I was at, oh, at wow. the uh, finishing um, giving Coca-Cola's out. So I was at every single part of the um, the race. Like, literally, I was everywhere. It, but, you know, what was so funny was um, in the very beginning when I was in the water, and I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to be in that water. 
pretty sure. With me screaming and hollering at stuff. And I was like, oh, because the people were tripping. And I was like, I need more sandbags. So then they started calling me the swim captain. They was like, get this stuff for the swim captain. I said, how the hell did I, did I become the swim captain for the Ironman volunteers? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, wow. that's the life of Angie. That, that but so, volunteering, that so- I tell you, you have to do it if you haven't. It was so rewarding. It was more rewarding for me than I think the athletes. But I will tell you. And my garment shows it. You can look on my, de- I, you know, I have a, the Strava for my steps. For those two days, it was over 12 miles I walked. So it wasn't like I was not doing nothing. Yeah, 12 miles is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, volunteering was the So best. I got to be honest. That was such a funnier story than I ever expected when I decided to ask you that question. I can literally see you in your bright yellow shirt, almost like a, a an air traffic controller landing airplanes, just gui- just guiding the swimmers into shore. Uh, that, that, I can't. I can literally see that in my head uh, right now. That is awesome, and I and I do remember, I do remember seeing another athlete post that they were coming out of the water and they mm-hmm. saw and they were surprised to see you there pulling, in the water. People, pulling people out like you had said. Yeah. I was in the water. Listen, I was unzipping people, um, you know, helping them get their wetsuits off. I didn't care that they were talking about it's no strippers. Shut up. Okay. So I'm helping, you know, I'm unzipping people. <laughs> um, I'm making sure they don't trip on the, it was like a mat that's at the bottom of the, um, the water that they were yeah. tripping on. So I yeah I was still giving high fives. I said I'm va- I said I'm fully vaccinated. I'm giving high fives, hugs, and fist bumps. This is what I was screaming as people were coming out of the water. Wow. Yeah, I know how it uh, the that swim. Unless you a swimmer, you to come out of the water, it's like I got this race now. And so I needed to be able to help oh, them yeah. realize that too. And so it was so you I can't tell you how many people like hugged me i was soaking wet i was soaking wet it, it was fine it was fine and it was cold that morning too it was cold yeah there's no, there's no question that anything can go wrong after the swim you could have a mechanical uh issue on the bike or you know you could cramp up on the run but once you get out of the water from personal experience i can remember when i came out of the water at ironman texas i told my wife i was like i don't care what happens the rest of the day i got through the swim like mm-hmm. i i I got that done. The rest of the day, I've got, I've got 15 hours to finish the rest of the race. I'll be good. I'll figure right? it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. It'll be a long day, but I will get, I will get there. Uh-huh. Uh, so once you get through the swim, smooth sailing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, was the was Augusta? Was it a river swim? Yes. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, Savannah Savannah River. Okay, because a couple of the swim times I saw were like really fast. The, the, the one person said that they looked up to they looked up to sight and and was uh, increased by t- by twenty yards. <laughs> they looked up to sight and they were <laughs> twenty yards. Yeah, the swim times were super wow. fast. Um, that would have been a great first race for me, especially um, with me having issues with my swim. But Augusta is a little bit far for my parents. So that's why I didn't choose Augusta. I chose Atlantic City. But the best thing about it was um, the volunteering. I, ha- have you ever volunteered before? 
I have it, and I feel really bad because I did say afterwards, I was like, you know what, I'm going to volunteer because, I, as we all know, the race can't happen without the volunteers. Mm-hmm. Like, you you just, it's not possible, mm-hmm. right? And you have to, you, and so it almost should it almost should be a condition of racing as you should have to volunteer mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? I would probably, I, I would, I would be okay with that. Um, I, I do, I do need to do that and not making excuses because you drove all the way to, to Georgia, but the, the closest race to me is two hours. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the mm-hmm. one I signed up for. So the next closest one is four. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not an excuse. I, yeah. sh- I should, but even your I, local challenge races. accepted yeah. Angie, I yeah. will volunteer. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's a uh, great as a volunteer with, with me being an athlete. And I, I say that proudly. I'm an athlete because like in transition, like I was able to um, help them even like having the flashlight in the morning. So they didn't have to try to hold their phone as they're pumping up their bikes and um, yep. just, you know, really just being there as an athlete. Cause there are a lot of family members that were helping too, but it makes a difference when the athlete is the volunteer because you know what they're going through, you know, their anxiety and you want to be able to help them. So even if it's not like a, that makes you know, a, a Ironman, just the, you know, even your local races. So if I'm not racing, um, I will definitely make a uh, volunteering uh, a part of my DNA because I, I really did get so much out of it. That is awesome. I, I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to volunteer. All right, Mike. I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to find a, I'm going to find a race and I'm going to, I'm going to, you can hold me to that. Okay. Angie. okay. That's my commitment. All I'm, right. I'm on record now. Right. <laughs> hey, so I want to, I want to transition. I want to transition back to your training. Yes. And because one of the things I like to talk about on the podcast and really get some perspective is it's a lot. There's a lot of training, right? Uh, there's a lot of time commitments and everybody that I talk to with exception of one were amateurs, right? And so we have full-time jobs or, or you know, or, or we, you know, whether we work outside of the house or we work inside the house, care, you know, as a caregiver, whatever, we have a lot of. Uh, commitments of our time and how do you so how do you get your training in how do you work your training into your schedule and still uh and still honor or still make time for your for your family commitments I mean obviously I I know that you you have your your grandchildren and you Mm -hmm. and you you spend time with them and how do you how do you balance those things I tell you um I really, being honest, I I don't know. And it's a, it's a day-to-day thing. It's never, it's never the same. Like I can't say, okay, this day I'll know that I'll do my training in the morning or this one I'll do it after work. I work a full-time job. Um, I'm a nurse, but I'm in an education role, but, um, now I work back in, um, in the ER. So like even last night, five to five to nine, I just did a little four hour shift, but, um, Worked in the ER uh, last night after working my my uh, full time job, and my my son is here. He's active duty army, and that's who has my granddaughter. That's the uh, father of my granddaughter with his daughter in law, and he has um, flag football with his uh, with the army, and he acts like he's a okay. in t ball or something like that. Mom, why can't you come to my games? And I'm like. <laughs> 
Babe, I just swam 2,700 yards in the pool and I can, I can't move. But please come to my game. So I'm going to, I, um, I wish I had like a, a crystal ball to say, but I do have a coach. And with me having a triathlon coach, it makes me accountable because a lot of days I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't feel like doing nothing. But I know my coach is looking at my training peaks. And so he's not going to have it. So I have to make a way. So if it's a day where I know my triathlon group is going to be at the lake, then I say, okay, this this will be a day when I can do my workout after work. Um, but because I start work at 730 in the morning, it's it's tiring to, you know, get up at four o'clock or, you know, 430, knowing that my race is not a year out, <laughs> you know, so I know that this is a long haul. Yeah. And um, I really I don't want to be dismal, but I don't know how people do it with families because um, with me just having a significant other, but he brings me food. like the way how we date, if you want to call it that he comes to the lake with me. Um, he rides his bike while I run. He, um, or sometimes if I'm riding my bike, he'll ride his bike, um, as well, but it'll be like a trail type of a thing. So we can see each other in passing, but that's kind of like how I date. Mm -hmm. And, um, just the other day he was talking about the state fair is coming. I said, the state fair, I, I train for like five hours. I don't want to go to no daggone state fair, but I, <laughs> You can't oh, be around funnel cakes and curry dogs. That's <laughs> not going to go with your training. But I know that he supports me so much, so I got to make sure I go to this North Carolina State Fair. But it's it's really um, it's it's hard. So every day, the night before, I look to see what's on my training plan, and I peek. I literally peek because it the things that my coach knows that I can do is something more than I. I think that I can do. So I'm always scared. Like, he expects me to do what? That's why those posts are real. When I'm like, um, he, I think I need to do this thing in two sessions. Cause I don't know what he's talking about. I'm trying to figure this all out. Um, so I'll peek at it to see, all right, well, he has this on a training plan for me. It's going to get dark. So I can't ride my bike. So I need to, it, it, it it's like, it's a every day, um, assertion of, uh, what I'm going to do. I, I So I don't have like, how do you make a way? I literally just make a way. This is something that uh, okay. I want to do. And so I just, I just try to figure it out. But I do every day. <laughs> I figure it out every day. I, I work with somebody and that's, that's, I wouldn't say it's their favorite expression, but it's the expression they use probably more than anything else other. And it's figure it out. <laughs> like whenever there's a problem, they're just like, figure it out right and so uh no i think that's that's honest and real <clears throat> and i think you have to be a little agile right we can't be so uh it's nice to have a plan we always want to have a plan mm -hmm. but i think you have to have a plan a backup plan a, a plan c a, a fail safe mm -hmm. plan and then and then and then if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen mm -hmm. and we go on to the next day and hopefully there aren't too many days in a row where it's I'll do it the next day, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I I know with your race being a year out, right? It, it's 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 
probably a little bit harder to say laser focused on training, especially when obstacles come your way. I can remember that from personal experience, but, um, you, you've had some really, uh, funny and honest posts on the, on the Facebooks, uh, recently. So I, I, I know that you're, you're managing it to the best of your ability and I, and I congratulate you for, you. for what you've accomplished so far. And I, and I know that you're going to, you will, you will persevere and, and you will get there. Um, so I do, I want to ask you a question. I, I mean, I guess I've been asking you questions for <laughs> minutes now, but I want to ask you a question. Um, I know, I know that you bought a new bike over the summer. Mm-hmm. You bought a bike. Over Hurricane. The summer, and your bike's name is Hurricane. Mm-hmm. What, what, uh, cause I didn't name, I didn't name my bike. Uh, and I've, I've heard a lot of people name their bikes. How did you come to the name Hurricane for your bike? Well, first of all, let's, we cannot discount smoke. Do you, do you remember smoke? Cause smoke is the very first bike that I bought. No. And. So Smoke is a TCR Advanced Pro Zero. Don't I sound hoity toity? It's only because that's what I bought. Like I wouldn't yeah. have never know what that is. So it's like the it's like a BMW of a giant. That's what the uh, Smoke is. So um, Smoke is a really, really, really nice road bike. That that was the very first bike that I got. Uh, my local bike shop had it. Uh, like a consignment and the person was leaving. I told you I lived near a military town and they were leaving and it was basically a steal. Mm-hmm. I got a, I got a $4,000 bike, wow. well, $4,500 bike for a little bit less than 2000 So steal of a bike. But this wow. is my first my first bike. And yeah. I put arrow bars on it, which people have seen, for shame, you put an arrow bars on a road bike. But I had got a, um, my professional fitting, I did get a tri-fit. And so, um, although I was able to ride, you know, for a road bike, I did want to get aero bars so that I could, um, you know, just be, be comfortable like that. And, um, the way how Hurricane's name came into play, well, she's blue. Oh, y'all can't see, but, oh, wait, you taking a still picture. I have on my Rev 3. It's like the color of Hurricane. I went to the local bike shop. My parents came to visit. And they said that they wanted to help me in my endeavors. And if I found a bike that I liked, that they would get it for me. And I said, y'all don't know the cost of tri bikes. And they, they didn't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't know. Yeah. But anyway, I they saw They didn't know this, what they were getting themselves they into. They had no idea. So they had this, this beautiful felt. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful felt. And I was going to name her Breezy because she's blue. And I was like, oh, like a cool breeze. And the person that... Uh, the salesperson said, the way how you rode that bike out of here, you took off. It was like a hurricane. You were, And I said, that's her name. <laughs> that is her name. He said, the way you took out of this parking lot, you it, you made it. It's like a hurricane. You're going to stir something up. I said, that is her name. Her name is Hurricane. I don't know why it's a girl, but it's a girl. And my first ride, this is, now this is so funny. My very first ride that I, um, that I went with on her, I rode past a fire department and it said it's hurricane season. So like in the, the marquee said it's hurricane season. So I was like, ah, 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 it's hurricane uh, yep. season. So I took a picture of hurricane yeah. beside the, the bike. I mean, beside the fire marshal thing that the fire department thing that said it's hurricane season. I was like, yes, it is. It is hurricane season. So yeah, that's it. That's that the story. Is funny. That is mm-hmm. funny. 
I, I had lunch with a, a friend of mine this week that I hadn't seen in a while, and he's he's big into uh, mountain biking. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me a story that reminded me of the the story that you posted about how you had to leave Hurricane in the car oh. uh, overnight oh, because awesome. the hotel didn't allow <laughs> the bikes in the room. He he had he had gone somewhere in, in oh. South Dallas, and his phone charger was was. Uh, uh, he didn't. His phone charger wasn't working. He had to buy a new one. And his and his bike. It was just like a sequence of events. And his bike lock wouldn't work. So he has his bike on the back of his car. He pulls into this gas station, and he's like running in really fast because he didn't want to leave his bike. As to, and it reminded me of the story that you had posted about how you had to leave Hurricane in the car, and you and you had her all covered up with like blankets and stuff to try to camouflage her. It was pretty oh, funny. Just thinking about that, give me. I was trying to tell him the story, and he and he and he didn't get it. He was like, "I, I don't get it." Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Oh my god! Yeah, that was. Oh my god! Yeah. And like I said, my mother, my parents are are very religious. My father's a Baptist minister, and I have a and my boyfriend doesn't cuss, drink, or smoke. So I don't even know how he deal with me because uh, I do. Well, I don't smoke, but I I, I cuss and I drink, <laughs> but um. So I have a potty mouth at times. You see, I, I have a potty mouth. Even with talking, you know, like texting and, and posts and stuff, I have a potty mouth. And so, man, I was cussing up a storm. And here my mother, you know, she's like, they they call me baby girl. You know, baby girl, please, you got, it's going to be fine and all this other stuff. And I'm like, it is not. I was having a heart attack. Because let me tell you, Atlantic City is, it, um, I ain't gonna talk about Atlanta City, but the uh, it's not safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll sleep. Leave, leave Atlantic City there. We'll just, we, everybody can draw their own conclusion about Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Yeah, somebody said I would have been sleeping in my car. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't know that. I, yeah, that's a tough one, right? I. I, I don't like taking my bike my bike in the car either. Even even during the day when I have to leave it in the car, mm-hmm. you, you know, you just it's just one of those things. I mean, my bike doesn't have a name, but I still don't want to lose it, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things. I had I had a um I had a buddy that I work with a different buddy, and I was and I I had to take it in to have my bike fit, <clears throat> and I was going to the gym, and I and I I'm that guy that gets up at four a.m. And mm-hmm. I go into spin class. Mm. And so I'm at the gym at 545. It's dark. And I'm telling him the story. I'm like, man, I'm afraid. What if someone steals it? And he goes, but if they steal it, your insurance company will pay it. And you can buy a new bike. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that sounds like sound logic. But I, I like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want to lose my bike. I don't want to lose my bike. So why didn't you ever name your bike? I don't know. I guess it never occurred to me to name my bike. I, I, I have to think. I have to think that. I have to think that through. I've had my bike. Um, I bought my bike used mm-hmm. in twenty sixteen. Um, I actually uh, considered getting a replacement bike over the summer. Uh, I had found one that I really, really liked. Uh, I have a I have a, a Trek Speed Concept. Oh, nice. I have a I have a first generation. I have an aluminum framed mm. Trek speed concept, right? And I found a carbon fiber one that had the DI2 shifters and mm. all that on sale used for 4200. Oh, I excitedly wow. showed that to my wife, which she was like, 
you ain't buying a $4,200 bike. Well, after some negotiations back and forth and explaining to her how I could sell my bike to offset the costs, you know, some of the costs, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the bike ended up selling, you know, because mm-hmm. bikes are yeah. such short supply. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, not to, not to bore everybody with the story again, because I've told this, <laughs> I tell the story a lot. I ended up, I ended up just keeping my bike. And uh, I upgraded it to DI2. Mm-hmm. I called it the DIY DI2 because I did it. I did it myself, uh, and I love it. I, I love yeah. this bike, and we've yeah. been through a lot together. And I recently did a uh, a bike rally, and somebody pulled in behind me on like a Quantin Roo, like that mm-hmm. Q, the mm-hmm. QR yeah. bike. Mm-hmm. And it was a really pretty blue, and I commented on it. And the guy goes, "Oh, I just bought it. It's a carbon fiber bike," and so he. I mentioned my bike and he walked over and he picked my bike up and he goes, your bike weighs less than my bike. Wow. And sure enough, I picked up his carbon fiber bike wow. and his carbon fiber bike was heavier than my aluminum frame bike. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to yeah. keep my bike. I, I really it's like, like it. It's like Old Faithful. Your bike is on. like Old Faithful. Yeah. Oh, is that his name, Angie? Is it, is it Old Faithful uh, now? Oh, yeah. Did you, just, did, you just name, did you just name my bike? <laughs> did you just name my bike? Write that down. Yeah, write the short oh, list. <laughs> well, hey, you you have been so much fun to talk to, and I appreciate you uh, spending some time and, and sharing your stories. As we start to wrap things up, do you have any um, do you have any last words, or do you have any advice for anybody out there that maybe is um, just starting out or struggling to stay focused? Um, what my advice would be is definitely believe in yourself. And sometimes it can get lonely uh, with triathlon training. So if you can find some sort of a group so that some days your runs won't be so lonely or your bike rides won't be so long, lonely, even if you find like a Zwift partner or something, just to make yourself accountable because we kind of can give up easy on ourselves, but we don't want to let other people down. So my advice is believe in yourself, but sometimes it's okay to use someone else to be accountable. That is awesome. Yeah. I, 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 I totally, first of all, believing in yourself is key, right? Cause if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in you. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I totally believe that. But having an accountability partner is definitely very good advice because you're right. We'll, we'll, we'll make justifications or, or rationalize things in our head. And just like on that swim on, on Sunday, the reason I kept going is my wife had driven down there with me mm-hmm. and I knew she was there mm-hmm. at the finish line waiting Absolutely. to see me. And I was like, I'm not quitting, right? right. She's there w- waiting on Absolutely. me. Had she not been there, I might have called it a day and just made an excuse, this or that. So having having somebody to hold you accountable is such such good advice. And this is not me saying having a coach or anything like that. I'm not talking about, you know, coach. I'm just talking about just someone that you can, you know, do things with. Yeah. Well, when I went through my Ironman journey in 2018, I was struggling. Uh, I don't know that I've mentioned this before. But I was struggling to stay focused. I, I had like a 24-week program. Mm-hmm. I don't have a coach. I was self-managed. I asked a bunch of questions. But I was really struggling. And I had a teammate, a coworker, who 
offered to be my accountability partner. And, mm-hmm. the, and the way our accountability worked is I had to, every day I had to post by eight o'clock what I had done for the day, mm-hmm. my a screenshot of my training, mm-hmm. or, and I had to tag her in it. So it was Dorothy DeBrizze. So mm-hmm. shout out to Dorothy. Hey, um, or she was hold. she would call me out. She's like, Hey, what did you get done today? And so when, if I had, if I knew in advance that I wasn't going to be able to do something cause I was traveling, we would negotiate out. Okay. Well, I'm going to do this <laughs> instead. We all, we worked it out in advance, but what was super cool is she worked it out with my wife. Um, she actually, and unbeknownst to me, she actually showed up on the day of my race oh my God, and with her two cry. grandchildren don't make me and cry. they cheered, they cheered me on the, Oh they cheered me on God. the run. I had no idea she was there. Oh my God. Cheered me on the run. They stayed up because I have I was a late night finisher. They stayed up and uh, greeted me after the finish. Yeah, it was an amazing thing. Amazing? But she she wasn't in the sport. She was just somebody that I was accountable to. Wow. Uh, I was accountable to her uh to to get it done. And it, and it helped I knew every day I had to get this done or I mm-hmm. was gonna I was gonna let Dorothy down. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. and and so I, I agree with you. Having that is is incredible. Well, hey, so at as you know, I'm not telling you something you don't know, but at the end of every one of your Facebook posts, you finish with the statement or statements, Mimi mm-hmm. of two, mm-hmm. this is 50. Yes. Right? And, and I know that your grandchildren are just so proud of you and the positive example um, that you're setting and that literally that you can do anything that you set your mind to if you, if you, if you work hard at it. Mm-hmm. And I just can't thank you enough, uh, for joining me tonight. And I look forward to, um, following you over the next year as you complete your Ironman journey. Thank you so very much, Mike. It was a joy talking to you. And this is my first podcast guys. <laughs> so thank you for yeah, having me. I, I hope know, I didn't right? mess it up. Will you be here no. next week? I hope they don't no, cancel you for I, having such a, <laughs> I, I, I would be willing to bet this will be your this will be your first of, of many podcasts, right? You are an inspiring person. You're so positive. Uh, you you seem like you are just enjoying life. And I know through the the social media feeds, people are drawn to you, Angie. And that's that's a that's a rare quality. Uh, but, but you seem to be just having a blast and, and, uh, and that is just awesome. That is just awesome. So I, I really do appreciate you, uh, spending some time, uh, spending some time with me today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions, advice that you would like to share, or would like to be a guest on the show and share your story. You can email everydayironmanpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow on Instagram at everydayironmanpodcast. Until next time, keep moving forward.